What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. Whether you like it or not, this is gonna happen. Individuals need tech skills. Yeah. People need to like not even say, do I like tech or do I not? It's a necessary skill for where we're moving. How much money did you make last year, Kayla? 260. You made $260,000. Mm -hmm. how, how old were you last year? 27. 27. Now before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now let's jump into the video. Um, how much money did you make last year, Kayla? 260. You made $260,000. Mm -hmm. how, how old were you last year? 27. 27. 27 years old, making $260,000. Mm -hmm. How long have you been making six figures? Um, since I was 23. Since you was 23 years old, you've been making this money. Mm -hmm. Did you come from a family that that was making six figures? Yeah. Um, so my mom, actually, she had a career early in her life. Um, so my parents are immigrants. So I migrated here. Yeah. Where, where did y'all migrate from? Um, so I was actually a first generation American, okay. um, but my mom's Grenadian and my dad is Bayesian. Okay. Um, I grew up with my mother and my stepfather and my stepfather's Guyanese. So everybody is Caribbean. For real? <laughs> yes. And I'm curious, what did they do growing up? Okay, so um, my mother, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, initially, she, though, so my mom did work until she met my stepfather. Okay. Um, and what she did was she actually headed up and ran a division for the Red Cross and would train um, doctors at the hospital to be certified in, like, CPR, ALS, things of that nature. Um, and even before that, she had worked in Manhattan, um, in New York, with a marketing firm. She always had a job. Um, but then, you know, as she was older in life and um, my stepfather was able to provide a certain type of lifestyle for her, she didn't work after. But then she's always done stuff she's loved, which I love to see. That's good. That's yeah. good. What did your stepfather do? Um, so he's a doctor. So he Doctor? Is, yeah. Come on, pops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my stepfather is a doctor. What does he practice, you know? Um, yeah, so he is just a general ER. Um, general emergency, ER. Emergency. So he an ER doc. Yeah. He's saving lives. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But he deals with a lot of high profile. He's like one of the best doctors at his his hospital. So wow. if it's a very like high impact or like critical type of, mm-hmm. you know, emergency, my dad's typically called in. Too. He's the guy that yeah. comes in and, and does the, this yeah. is a, either a life or death situation type mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah. Oh, so wow. that dynamic was very cool. Very hardworking. Very hardworking. Where did y'all live growing up? Um, so we lived in like the uh, Boynton Beach, Delray. So Boca, okay. Boca. Palm Beach, if you're familiar with yeah, yeah, Florida, Florida, that area. Yeah. Florida, like uh, Boca, Delray and like Boynton Beach, like off the west side. So growing up and seeing your your father successful mm-hmm. and then your mom successful, yeah. you know, but then she comes home because of the success of your dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And she raises you. You have any siblings? Um, so my, my real father has, uh, other children, but him and my mom only had me and I grew up as an only child. So that's a weird dynamic too. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah. Cause I grew up with my stepfather and my mother in South Florida, but I was right. born in New York. So yeah. Gotcha. I've lived a lot of places. Yeah. 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 I see from New York to Florida. People migrate either to New York or Florida mm-hmm. and Boston. I hear is another great migration area from New York. I mean, no, as far as just migrating out of the country mm-hmm. into um, and then y'all moved down to Florida, mm-hmm. y- Florida, y'all uh, settled there and y'all built the family from there. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm curious, what were some of the conversations your, your family, your parents was having with you as you were growing up that made you be successful at such a young age? I mean, you've been making six figures since 23. Yeah. The average person in America only makes $45,000 a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like what what was it that your parents said that contributes to your success today? I think having immigrant parents is a whole different, you know, culture uh, when it comes to how you're raised. Mm. And I say that because this is somebody who like migrated here and has like created a foundation. Like my grandmother bought a house like just from scrubbing floors and like, you know, being a cleaner, saving up buys a house in New York City, then moves my mom, her brother's here. So she left them originally, comes here. So it's kind of like, you know, someone leaves a nest, builds a steady income, leaves their kids to do this, takes that risk, then takes the kids and say, okay, you guys come over. So already having that type of like structure growing up, they not playing no games with me. Wait, it was just straight up education. Wait, wait, we're going to rewind this. Okay, we, we gotta, I'm going to paint this right. Grandmama mm-hmm. leaves that country, comes to America, New York City. Yes. She gets a job scrubbing floors. Just right? the cleaning, cleaning. Just cleaning. Cleaning wealthy people's homes. Wealthy people's homes. Yes. Saves that money to get a house. I think my mom told me around fifty-five to 60000 she saved to buy this house in New York. Did you, do you well, I don't know. If she, I don't know if she put a down payment, like okay, okay. or in full. But the house at that time was worth about fifty-five to sixty, and we're cool. talking about in the 50s, 60s? to seventies to eighties. Seventy eighties. Yeah. All right. Cool. So seventy eighties. Grandmama mm-hmm. buys this house, mm-hmm. calls back for your mom, mm-hmm. her kids, yes, and says, "Hey, come to America now. It's time for you guys to come now." Because she was like, "That's not where I want y'all to be raised. I want y'all to come over here." Exactly. Then it's like mama mama comes. Right. And then she starts her life. Right. I see why you successful. Yeah. So the drive and determination they've instilled in me from a very young age has always been like 
you have to fight harder. You need to work harder. You need to position yourself for success. And my mom would always tell me, you have it so good. Like she would tell me these stories about how she was raised, how she would walk miles to school. Mm. And then I'm like, well, you're in the most you know, this is this country makes it a little more easy to succeed if we're being honest. You know what I mean? So, yes, as an African-American, we're definitely at a different disadvantage being in America. But we're still in the world in a place where we have a capitalistic society. Like you have all these choices and options where you can like actually turn a dream into a reality here. Mm. So I'm kind of looking at it like that. And then, um, you know, I was telling Michelle earlier, like the exposure I had mm -hmm once I moved with my stepfather and mom to South Florida, and now I'm in a private school. My private school today is probably like 40,000 a year. 40 grand a year yeah. for your private high school or middle school? High school. My high school costs more than my college. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine that shift. Like imagine leaving New York City, this like hustle and bustle. And yeah. obviously New York has like, you know, the most millionaires per, right. per square foot, but per square capita, but like, um, Imagine that dynamic, like leaving New York City. Um, my mom was with a regular, my, my real dad's like an average guy, you know what I mean? And my whole world transitions to seeing like kids pulling up in like Maseratis in mm -hmm. high school. Like when it would be a joke at my high school, like that the kids' lot was way better than the teachers' lot. That was a joke? Yeah, like every, I'll, I'll never forget, like, this is how privileged, it got to a point where I was like out of touch with reality. I like, went home to my parents like, it is not fair that everybody else is driving like these types of cars. Like, and I'm not. I don't get a like BMW or something for my 16th birthday. Like what's going on here? Yo, real quick, you guys, are you looking to change your career here in the year 2023? If so, look no further than Bethel School of Technology, the only Christian online tech bootcamp in the world. According to a recent report, black people make up just about 4% of the U.S. technology workforce. But you see at Bethel Tech, who I've partnered with for this year, they believe that all people, including us black people, should have access to the lucrative and fulfilling opportunities in the tech industry. Now, with their nine-month program, you'll gain the essential skills you need to start a successful career career in technology. And let's not forget the earning potential. You see, according to Indeed, the average salary of a software developer in the U.S. is around $103,000. Say what? You know, you can choose from programs like the cybersecurity and UI UX design and launch your tech career or even a tech business ignited with passion and purpose. So listen, we're going to skip the debt and we're going to invest into yourself for just nine months that can change the next nine years of your life. All you got to do is join Bethel Tech today to achieve your career aspirations. Visit anthonyoneal.com slash Bethel or click the link in today's show notes today so you can register and start a new journey of your life. Now, you know what? Let's get back to the show because this is a good one today. Let's keep it above. <laughs> Did they give you a BMW or something? For nice? college, I'll never forget. Yeah, my stepdad, I came, I kept like pressuring. I'm like, when will you guys get me a car? All my friends have one. Um, and I'll never forget, I was like about to go to a pool party. I was home from college my yeah. after freshman year. And my stepdad came upstairs and he was like, oh, uh, you want to go to a party? I was going to take you to BMW today to go get your new car. So I was like, OK, I ran upstairs and threw off. <laughs> I was like, See y'all in Tallahassee yeah. after the break. Right, <laughs> um, right. So you know what I mean? So it was just one of those things where um, 
I would say there was a mix of privilege, but a mix of like my parents had to work. My stepdad would tell me stories. So my stepdad, shout out to him because he graduated valedictorian of med school from Howard University. From Howard? Here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and he said he paid off all his college debt. He would eat french fries like every night, just like grinded it out. Valedictorian graduate. He's brilliant. Like he's yeah. actually really brilliant. Um, so imagine like your parents telling you these stories of like these sacrifices that they've had to make. And you're just like this privileged kid who like falls into this lifestyle now. Like, yeah, my parents were well off, but they migrated here. They like put it all on the line. And it took, let's say, 20 years, 15 years to establish and build themselves to where they could provide mm -hmm. whatever I had. So I was always very grateful for that. And I, I had the like sense of awareness to realize this isn't normal and you're going to have to work. Not even if you want this or more, you're going to have to put in yeah. this much or more work. And you've heard what the sacrifices were and what it took. So, yeah. So your dad, is he still working today in the doctor in the uh, medical field? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I may need to get your daddy on the show. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he paid off his debt, his student loan debt, just from like grinding it out in mm -hmm. the medical field. Yeah. He said he lived like poor after. Imagine being a doctor and you choose to like just humble yourself to that extent so that you can... But pay off your debt and look at the freedom though. But that's what I'm saying. Now you have all the freedom. You've been able to provide for not only me, my yeah. mom. Yeah. Which he didn't have to do. He didn't. You know? But I mean, but once he married her, he had yeah. to do that. Yeah. And it's like what's so funny is I did a documentary um called um Borrowed Future uh with Ramsey. Um and we went around and we just interviewed so many people and I interviewed this uh uh, now, I didn't interview this person, but the person that made the documentary, uh, a dentist, mm. has almost a million dollars in student loans. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, and when I meet a lot of people in the medical field, they feel as if, like, oh, I'm going to have student loans for the rest of my life. Yeah. And your dad was like, I don't want to have that. I want to have the freedom to peace so I can enjoy my family and do the things I want to do. And you know what? Hey, while this is my stepdaughter, I still love her like she's mine. And let me go buy her a car and we're not stressed about it. Yeah. And now look at you today. You're successful. I mean, all you've seen around your life is hardworking parents yeah. who didn't make excuses but yeah. say, you know what? I want success and I'm going to do what I have to do to be successful. Right. And... I just want to commend you, mom, dad, if y'all watching. Um, thank you for for that because I think they changed the narrative. And I think one of the things I love about your story, right, is is you watch hard work, but you're not saying you grew up broke, poor, homeless. You're like, hey, I grew up with a dope black family. Yeah. And yeah, I had some privileges, you know. Um, and, and that's the narrative we need to see more often right. within our community. That's nerd. I'm, I'm, I'm telling my, 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 my future. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, listen. I grew up in a 1,200 square foot, three bedroom house with me and my siblings sleeping in the same bedroom, and it was three of us. Um, and that's not going to be your situation. You're going to have your own bedroom. You're going to have your own bathroom. You're going to have your own car. You're going. I mean, you, you know. And I may even buy them. You know, I don't know if it's going to be a BMW. That wasn't my first car, though. What was your first car? The Jetta. You got the Jetta. Mm -hmm. But the Jetta was nice. It was. Yeah. I'm so like, that's hey, what yeah. I was complaining about. I was like, I got a Jetta and everybody else got a foreign car. But a Jetta, 
A Jetta at 16 was like, you know what I'm saying? And technically, that yeah. still is foreign. It's just not dope, dope foreign. Right. But, <laughs> but I feel you. But I'm thinking but like, that's I'm, why it's really important that you understand how your circumstances and your experiences and surroundings impact you. Yeah. The environment you're in, it, it, fosters whatever dreams, whatever you think is really possible. Facts. So like I could have been at a different school and had a Jetta and other people, been, I would have been balling. Balling. But now my perspective has changed. Because I'm everyone a black around student you. on top of that. So this is the other thing. I graduated maybe one of less than 10 in a black class. What? So that's a whole nother dynamic to, okay, I'm the a black kid here and everybody I'm seeing, the wealth is is not amongst us. The wealth is. You went to a black. I mean, you went to a private school. Yes. How about because Boca is is Boca's black. No. They got some black people in Boca. Boca has black people, but Boca, you got to do your research. Oh my god. <laughs> Boca. They got Boca was black. It's not. No, Boca is. is it's black, white folk. It's white old money. Oh, it's rich white like, people. White old money. Very old money. It's like Fort Lauderdale. Oh. I mean, I did my time in Duval. But I dated a chick in Boca, and she was black. So I'm thinking. No, there's black people. And everywhere for we sure. went, I saw black people. But definitely more predominantly Jewish and rich community. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like. So you round that real money. Real money, and that is also something that shifted my perspective because I feel like sometimes our culture is all about materialistic things. Mm. But I'm growing around around all these people who have tons and tons of money, and yes, there are nice cars and things, but. Maybe I might not know how rich somebody is till I go to their home. It's <clears> this <throat> different dynamic of like, wow. you know, we don't have a need when everybody around you has this much wealth. There's not this there's need no to need. like yeah. constantly show it. It's yeah. just like, this is our natural everyday, you know? So that shift in my reality at 18, 19, uh, not, not 18, like maybe 14, 15, 16, yeah. a very, very powerful shift to put on a child at that age because now I'm aware of what is possible. Come on. Right? Man. I'm asking, I had a friend, I'll never forget this, one of my friends um, in high school. We would like be, her yachts like sitting in the backyard at the house. She lives in Lighthouse Point. Um, you know, her parents hmm. might be like, let's take the boat to the What's Bahamas for the weekend. What did what, she say, she say? Yeah, <laughs> in the back of the house. Yeah, so I imagine a black kid from New York City, Come on. growing up with immigrant parents, yeah, a regular life, yeah. and then my mom meets one person that shifts our whole perspective, yeah. and then now I'm meeting friends who are just exposing me to things that are just unreal. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I'm just sitting back like, at this point, I gotta go make a bankroll. You have to. I gotta go run it up. I gotta figure out how to become a millionaire, because this is now, the norm. Is, this is, is this the norm. Yeah. Yeah, so. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you, Kayla. I like you, Kayla. Thanks. Except, you know, <laughs> I just, we're starting to reveal it, you know what I'm saying, a little bit, little bit but I just um, I bought some land on the Potomac River here. Mm -hmm. And when I went out there, my prayer was, God, that I, that by the time I have my first child, um, we are the only, my house and then the house right next. So I'm building the home, mm -hmm. but my house and the house next to me are the only ones who were approved to have a dock. My doc is the only one approved to go out as far as it can to where my builder is saying, once we get done, the doc is long enough to have an 80-foot yacht, three other boats, and two jet skis. Right. And I said, God, I want to wake up one day 
can see that. And take my kids on the weekend out on the boat. Whenever I got to have a hard conversation with my son or my daughter about life or they make a bad mistake, hey, you know, let's just go ride out on the water. And here's why it's so important to me. Because every time I got in trouble, my stepfather, who I call father, John Gibbons. What up, Pops? Um, I have two fathers, my biological father, Anthony Ross. What up, Pops? And then my other daddy, John Gibbs. Um, and every single day, every time I would get in trouble, my dad said, get in the car. And I knew where we were going. We would go to the beach in California. And I used to get so upset because we would walk all the way to the end of the pier. And we would sit there and we would have a conversation on the water. And my dad's philosophy was, I want you to know we need to address the situation, but I also want you to experience peace. And it's something about just the water peaceful that just brings peace to a hard conversation. And I said, God, I want to uh, be able to get out in the water and just get out in the boat, get out in the yacht and just take, you know what I'm saying, my wife and my kids there. I want to expose my kids to what you've been exposed to because I didn't. Right. And I'm like you. Um, I've, I actually got into other rooms that exposed me to far more things. And you're so right. Once you're exposed to wealth, it's hard to settle for something less than wealth. Right. And it's like, and it makes so much sense to why at 23, you're at two, you're making, you know what I'm saying, six figures. At 28, you're making in between 250 to $300,000 this year. By 30, you're going to be making a half a million. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's my exact goal. That's your exact goal. I, would say, I always say I want to be a millionaire by 30, but I would say my my immediate short-term goal, goal is just 40000 a month. 40000 a month. Yeah. That's like the minimum for me to feel like, okay, now I can take it even further. So let, let's talk about this. I think some people are saying, well, how, how in the world is, is, is this young queen doing it? I mean, like, this ain't no job, one job. Like, so let, let's... let's, let's your goal is a half a million by 30. Right. All right. How are you going to do it? Like, what, what's, what's, what's your streams of income that you're going to be doing? So, essentially, what I want to do is I'm in tech. So, it, yeah. if you don't know, now you know. Uh, uh, your girl is in tech sales. So, I currently work for the second biggest tech company in the world. Okay. Um, and I am in enterprise tech sales. So, that in itself um, is a package, right? So, you get stocks which is an investment on its own, okay. equity within this company. Um, you get a base salary every two weeks, and yeah. then I'm getting every 90 days insane amounts of cash flow. Mm. So it's like, what do you do with this cash flow? Mm -hmm. And when yeah. you say insane amount of cash flow, is, is this like commission and stuff like Commission-based, that? Commission-based, okay. yeah. So it's tax. <laughs> it's tax but, real heavy. Um, and that's also why I have to invest and become financially savvy because of how heavily I'm taxed in my job day to day. So there were just things that I started to like observe and I've just always been a curious individual. Mm -hmm. So I have a very keen sense of like um, strategizing wherever there is opportunity there's revenue there. Come on. Right? Would say that one more time. Wherever there's opportunity, there's revenue to be. That's there. it right there. Wherever there is opportunity, there is, ooh, oh my gosh, revenue. It's like when you can fix a problem, you're going to make right. some money. So I started to look around like, I am the only one I'm seeing at my age, more specifically as well, being an African-American woman in this space over and over again. And it kind of started to feel like I'm the chosen one, but it shouldn't be like that. Why am I the chosen one? And why are there tons of other people who don't have the knowledge, access, or resources to exactly what I'm doing that is empowering me to have this type of cash flow to 
literally set me up mm -hmm. to have financial freedom. Yes. Yes. So it's clicked. Sales. Right? It yep. clicked. And then it's sales. And then it's communications and it's marketing. And it's all the things that you do in sales every day. So I'm like, you have a platform. What are you going to do with that now? You have an opportunity to connect with individuals yep. and help them to understand this is possible. Yeah. How do you tell that story? Yeah. And that's where it started. Do you really enjoy the tech industry? We've we've interviewed a lot of people. Yeah. That's really been in the whole tech space. And I'm I know my audience is like, Anthony, you always talking about tech and personal brand. And I'm like, yo, it's just because I believe we have um the I don't know if you heard of this company called uh, not company, but this school called Bethel Tech. Mm -hmm. uh, Bethel Tech is a um, they're a part of a church called Bethel, but they have a tech boot camp. And their mission is to help minorities get inside the tech field because he says it's less than 7% who are black people. 6% right now. It's 6%. 6% of black people. And then I think he said it's like 2% of the 6% is our women. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, we've interviewed people and I think they think we capping. Like these people ain't making no hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand no, dollars 300000 a year. Like, I would say tech is like, just like before being a doctor or a lawyer yeah. was like that standard of like, okay, if you went to school, what is the trajectory to go into a six-figure job or finance? Yeah, I'd yeah. say those three, yeah. you know? Yeah. Tech has now entered that space. Come on. Like STEM. I always tell people STEM. Okay. Yeah. So science, technology, math, engineering. Those four will generate money outside of being a lawyer or doctor. And obviously- They'll produce science high paying jobs. In there. Yeah. You know, but, you know, also just understanding the trends. I don't I, I think right now people need to like not even say, do I like tech or do I not? It's a necessary skill for where we're moving. When you say moving, what do you think? Where do you think we're moving to? We're moving to a more AI driven space. Facts. Right. Facts. So we're moving into a space where if you're not creating technology, yep. if you're not developing it, selling it, correcting it, you know what I'm saying? Implementing it, deploying it you're not really involved in it in some way, it may replace what you're doing. It will replace right. what you're doing. So we're gonna, I always tell people, I've been projecting this for like years, I would tell people, you know we have the industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. There's the technical revolution, it's on the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty much here. We, it's knocking on the door, right? So there were people, right, at that point, we moved into an industrial space, so now they're like, um, changing things, mm. you're building railroads, you're doing things. So that created an opportunity for tons of jobs with those specific skill sets. Yeah. Now take that same application and we're moving into a tech, technical era yeah. where individuals need tech skills. Yeah. Think about it. You want to do a, you want to be a YouTube creator. You need a tech skill. Okay. Talk to me. I'm a YouTube right. creator. What's the tech skill I need? I mean, you may be able to pay people to edit, but somebody may not be able to do that from the beginning. I suck at editing. Right. But that's a tech skill, utilizing a software every day and trying to understand that. I mean, you may want to trade. You have to use a software Absolutely. in some way to understand, you know, the market cap setting, you know, exits. All these different things require the utilization of some type of software. Yeah. So. A lot of people think Amazon is a book company. They're a tech company. They're a tech company. I, I just learned that. I really? was like, wait. I mean, I go to Amazon to buy books and to buy buy stuff. Because I know they their number one money generator is a tech software. It's like a cloud based. AWS. Software. Oh, see. 
Y'all yeah. be thinking we capping. Well, we bring on the people who know this stuff, yo. <laughs> How did 28 year old talking about AWS, bro? What you talking about? Yeah. I, know, I know what the move is. Amazon Web Services. Yes. And I'm sitting here like, wait, but we don't see that on the consumer end. Right. Because isn't that like, that's a forward, it's that's a, a business. Yeah. It is a B2B, but there are small businesses who utilize cloud, right? Every business is involved with tech. You want to know why? Talk because to what me. do you need to be able to operationalize and scale your business data? It's like, what else do you need at this point? You got people who are generating hundreds of thousands of dollars online mm -hmm. through e-commerce, through all these different avenues, hey, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and what are you utilizing? You're utilizing data to target the potential buyer Absolutely. of your product. Absolutely. But I actually just bought a software that helps me understand people who align with what I teach. Right. And I didn't know I could buy that kind of software that studies, hey, this person is more than likely like you, doesn't want to borrow money, mm -hmm. wants to build wealth, wants to build a brand, da 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 So like now we can create products and services that fits that audience through a tech company that built this program. And I'm like, this is scary. And this is how all the challenges are being solved now. Yes. With a tech company, like you said, with yeah. startups. We have a huge startup wave, huge startup culture right now because everybody's seeking to solve that next big problem. Man. It's a disruptive industry. You look at Netflix takedown blockbuster, it disrupts whatever down. is not progressing. Took them down. Mm -hmm. I used to go to Blockbuster and I had a Blockbuster <laughs> card every Friday night. We would go get not the DVDs in the beginning. We'll get the VHSs. Right. Get that thing. Come back home. Then I don't know if y'all remember the VHS. You probably too young for this. But we'll blow inside the VHS. <laughs> and it wasn't working right. A little too, a little, a little too old for me. <laughs> no. Blowing that thing. If that wasn't working, we'll take it out. We'll blow inside the VHS. <laughs> 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 and then the DVDs came out. We're like, oh, okay. Then we want the Blu-ray right. DVD. Now, that's your age, right? Yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah. We want that Blu-ray. I ain't there yet. <laughs> I was around when Blockbuster was still around. Because I but saw you was, it happen. Was it, I was young. You was young. Yeah, so I remember going you, into Blockbusters, though. But did you, did you see what was happening? Or were you like, oh, okay, they just going out of business? I saw it in hindsight. Like, I didn't really realize, because you remember Netflix started off with those boxes you could pick up. So exactly. it was similar. They comp yes. What they did was they disrupted from, like, just the, we'll make it more available everywhere. everywhere. Supermarkets, yeah. wherever you want to go. And you could drop it back. And yep. it made it a little easier. But then once they moved digital, it was over for Blockbuster. And, and let, me let me tell you what sparked it. This is, why, this is why I love tech. This is illegal, but... This is what sparked it. When, uh, what was that thing, CJ, where you can go online? Yes, where you can download. Download the what? music and download the videos. Yeah. I forgot the name LimeWire? of it. LimeWire? LimeWire, oh, LimeWire, Napster. Yes, LimeWire. You can go in that thing, download yes. music, yes. download movies. This is when you had to pay for, for Apple iPod uh, yes. music. Yes. Nobody was doing Nobody it. Nobody go on LimeWire and get... Oh, but you might get a virus. Yeah, you was definitely get a virus. You the virus running 10 times you know, listen, We knew if you got a virus, we knew. You was on LimeWire. <laughs> you could even get the bootleg movies on LimeWire. What? what? Boy, and listen. Yeah. Huh? Yep. But we'll be in school on mm -hmm. Napster. Right. Getting music. Getting music. 
listening on. I'm like, Yo. and Napster was even charging like a monthly. It they was like were. a subscription basis at that yeah. point. Yeah. I'm like, Yo. But it's like, it's so funny how when we look at where we are today and we look at the power of what tech has done, that's tech. That's, but that's only 15 years. So just think 15 years from today. Good. Think we're at iPhone 14. Yes. So just think about the yes. the uh, the growth of the iPhone. Yeah. Think no. about where we'll be at iPhone 30. When you know when like, you were young, because you're only, you're only 10 years younger than me. So I'm what. Cell phones didn't really come out to where we could easy access them until I was about maybe. I was teenage years. Well, my teenage years, you had like Nokia. Yeah, like the snake game on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile, you know what I'm saying? You can get a little. Or the sidekick. Sidekick was, you know, and then we had literally the pocket thing you can put it in. Everyone had a little, you held your phone on the side. Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just amazed when you bring up iPhone, I'm like, man, I remember my very first phone was a Nokia. Then none of them had, none of them had cameras on them. No, no digital interfaces. None. Though. It was like that black, Blackberry black, curve. You remember the Blackberry. BBM was going up exactly. too. Exactly. Now, no Blackberries. That was like the best thing. The curve was like the best thing that you could get at the time. Oh, the what? Razor. The Razor. The razor was dope. The Razor was like the first groundbreaking. That was dope. Thin, portable. Thin. Yeah. You so put like, that in your pocket. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so when you just look at the, the rate at transformation with yeah. the technology, yeah. I advise everybody, these, this is the time to really build on that skill set. Yeah. And that's why I'm passionate about helping people, whether it's tech sales or not. Yeah. Tech in general is some type of stability. Yeah. Even if you're not generating crazy commissions, you can now get equity in companies. Yes. Some people are getting fifteen to 20000 a year just in stocks at companies. So imagine over four, five, six, and then every year you get bonuses on top. So now they're vesting like continuously. Yeah. You know, you know, one of the things this is why I love this conversation. And, and, and I know my people probably Anthony Tech. And I'm not saying it's the end all be all. But here's the problem that I have. Not not that I have with black people. Here's the problem that I think we have in the black and minority community is that we don't have the information that tells us, hey, this is what's coming down the road. Right. Take advantage and position yourself to reap some of the. The, the wealth, right? Wow. And so it's like, I think if we look at it four years ago, wealth was oil. Mm -hmm. I think 40 years from, from starting today and 40 years, the next 40 years, it's really going to be two things. I think it's tech and it's content creation. I do agree. You know, it's like if you can get in one of those spaces where there's part time, full time, your next 40 years is going to look different. And I think we in a black and a minority community, we miss out on wealth, not because we're not good for it, but because we weren't in position. Or had the information. Exactly. Right. So now that we have the information, I, here's my biggest concern with, 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 with us. I, I think we get scared. To share. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes also like we like want to harvest something, yeah. right? Why? I'm the type of person, I don't know, because I've always felt like what you put out into the universe, the world, God tenfolds it. Yeah. And I feel like if you are blessed with the information, the platform, the and you know other people are at a disadvantage, why are you harvesting that information? Why not share? Why not empower all of us to kind of be able to be in position to have these types of resources? And that's why I felt passionate because it's like from somebody who did grow up privileged, I see the disparity and disadvantage. When I have friends Ooh. who were having conversations about 
differences in how we grew up. And also surrounding yourself with people from different environments allows you to understand and empathize with different things. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are privileged and don't even have the awareness to understand you are privileged. Mm. There is an advantage to that. And, and you, you have to be, you, you should use it, but you have to be aware that you had an advantage that somebody else didn't. And I feel like a lot of times you hear people who like make it or like they have this like entitlement to it, but it's like, I, the odds of me having this life was the same as me having a completely different Absolutely. other life. Absolutely. There was no special, okay, like you're so privileged this was special for you. It was like, yeah. this was just the odds that were in my favor. So now I have that, why wouldn't I share the harvest? Like that doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? This, so it's like. Man, this is rich. Mm-hmm. Kayla, this, this, this rich. You know what I'm saying? Because I. And, and, and it's like, man, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wow, I've really met a lot of strong black sisters in the tech field. And I'm just excited about that. Because I'm like, I, I believe you're going to hit a half a million by 30. If you marry the brother you with right now, you know what I'm saying? Y'all going to be, you know, multimillionaires and killer. What, what would you tell to minority ladies right now who are looking at saying, ah, I keep hearing about tech, but I don't know. Like, I kind of like my business degree and just go, you know, come over here and do this. But it's like, if, if the average person who watches me, I can't even say average no more because our male generation has, has jumped up a lot. We're now 52% ladies and 48% men. No, I'm sorry. I got to say it's correct because I don't want to offend anybody. Lord Jesus. <laughs> we are 52% ladies, 42% men. The rest are other. Right. That identify as they. Okay. I'm learning that. So I'm, I'm going to give y'all y'all respect. You know what I'm saying? You got to put I, some I respect. respect on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the LGBT. Yeah, I respect them. You know what I'm saying? So they identify as they. To them watching right now, you're young, you're successful. What would you tell them as far as in why you should really take a strong consideration in this? And we're going to go back, get back to your, your other stuff, because you do some other stuff outside of tech that's right. winning as well. I want to talk about that. But in the tech space, what would you tell them, hey, this is why you should really consider it? So one, um, remember what I just said, like opportunity always creates a space for revenue. Yep. There is an opportunity because we're at a disadvantage. So immediately, if you are a great candidate and you're African-American, the odds that you are going to get the job is higher because they need to fill the position. Mm -hmm. So go where you're wanted, one, is something I would say. Go where you're wanted. Yeah, you're wanted. There's a necessity here. There's a skill deficit. So why wouldn't you position yourself to be able to fill that gap? The more that you're skilled in something that there's a demand and there's not that many people who can do it, the yeah. price of what you're going to get paid will go up. Come on. Come you on. can negotiate. Come on. If you can only hire two people who have this one skill, yeah. I can come in like, well, I have this much experience and this is what I want to get paid. Otherwise, your project can't really get completed. Good. Let's negotiate the rate at what I believe my, my worth is. Right? Would you rather not have a black hire or would you rather pay me more? And having that understanding also allows you to position yourself really well for negotiations. If you can show up and perform in your job, add value, you're at an advantage at, an at all, times. all times. Second, I just said, we're moving into a space yeah. where you will get left behind yeah. if you do not acquire these skills. That's so good. So if you are, let's say, 
we've seen it. We're seeing it. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, we have to be aware, right? Yeah. So when you go to the grocery store now, there's tons of self-checkout. Yeah. That is allowing us to see, hey, we don't really need this option. And what do most people choose to do? Yeah. Go check out with themselves. So this may be replaced by this machine in X amount of time. <sighs> what skill set can I... Okay, so you have a people skill set. Mm -hmm. You interact with customers. Yeah. You're people facing every day. You may understand the business of, I don't know, e-commerce from maybe like a food services perspective. Yeah. Maybe working in the grocery store, you were able to identify like, how do they actually get vendors to come in here and put in, and I'm very big on taking in your surroundings when you're in that opportunity and moment, because God places us there for a reason, whether that's bigger 10 years down the road for you or, to do a side hustle or whatever you want to do. My side hustles would never be effective if I didn't understand how big businesses operate. Mm, good God. Do you know how many people I know who, from the moment I got my business, I got a QuickBooks and I started expensing everything Yeah. because when I travel for work, they make me expense things. So yeah. I kept thinking, oh my God, like, I have to expense all these things. I know people who have done business for years and don't even understand you should have some type of bookkeeping system. Come on, come so, on. Like, the way I even set up my business foundation yeah. as a 23 year old yeah. was because of the insight that I had from taking what I saw at work yeah. being done every day. Okay, I'm understanding how CEOs now make decision making, mm. you know, like what is effective decision making? So being in sales, you understand like we need to operationalize a business. What does that mean? We need to reduce costs. Come on. We need to Come maximize on. profits. Yes. So when I started my e-commerce uh, website online, so I took data. So that's another stream of income. Right. E-commerce. So I don't have it anymore, actually. And I'll t I could tell you why I stopped like doing why you those. Okay. Um, but uh, just to finish that thought off the top of my mind, how I even got to an e-commerce store, I knew I wanted to. I knew I wanted to like sell something online. The tech part of me. What did I say? Data. Mm -hmm. so what did I do? I found a product that was likely to sell. Yep because I realized Amazon is the biggest marketplace for selling things. Yep. So even if I don't wanna sell it on Amazon, I can utilize their data to pick a product that has a hit rate wow. and cut them out yeah. of the equation because now I don't want you taking the cost off the top because I'm minimizing. So I'm finding the lowest entry point for a product. Yeah. I think I was selling like the product I was selling at the time, I probably cost two to $3 per and I was selling them at $30 each. So a 300% rate on investment. And so that's why I'm like, sometimes it's not about doing something hard. It's just about utilizing the skill set that you have and being smart. Like I told you, I look for ways to figure out, is there an opportunity here? And how do I disrupt this market? Mm. So yeah, I started an online smoke shop. Smoke shop, who yeah. Uh, it was it was more like grinders and like little trinkets for like anything you would go into a gas station and find. Oh, you I was I was like, let me find something that's luxurious because the product that I had kept finding on okay. Amazon was like this bedazzled. Um, I was like up in the middle of the night. I was like, this is genius. I'm gonna sell this. It's two dollars, <laughs> like literally. Um, and it was like a bedazzled like um, like hookah tip. Mm. This was the first product I ever said. So I was like, hookah is booming in Atlanta. There's a hookah lounge on every corner. And from there, I'm like, okay, you can get this product and you can sell it for X amount, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of friends who are influencers. I say, yo, take the product. I'll give y'all tons of free stuff. Help me out. I want to boost the engagement yeah. on the product. Yeah. So I take the social platform. I can't, I cannot advertise because I found out I couldn't do that, yep. which was lack of, do your research when you start a business. <laughs> um, so we moved from that 
to now I have my friends and everybody like it's going it's going up like now I'm just everybody's like I want one I want one so now I'm doing pop-ups I'm like putting myself out there and it was just fun at first it, I really had no idea it was going to turn into as quickly as it did what it did I was just like I want a business outside of work like I just want to do something online and from there I started a whole hookah company mm. because I was tired of going into a hookah lounge in Atlanta mm. and paying 60 to 80 dollars for hookah after I did research and I found out hookah has a 2,000% return on investment. 2,000? Do you know why there's a hookah lounge on every corner? Because they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's an initial fleet of hookahs, unless your hookah breaks. Right. You, let's say you could use a hookah for six to eight months. And you just change the tip. You straight. You're changing the tips. Do you know how much the shisha costs? How much? We're paying $40, $60, $80 dollars for one bowl. Let's say we're overseas. We might pay $120, $150 in Tulum. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. We're paying $150 for a hookah in Tulum that a bowl costs maybe $3 to $5 dollars to create. I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> Once again, it's just... Oh, I'm about to practice. get off of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you open a hookah lounge. What? Cash flow business. You can make it 100% cash flow if you want. And I think this 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 is the thing. So why did you stop? Let me ask you that question first. The demand. The I'll demand. say that. Like, so it's like at a point, and, and this is why I was saying I'll tell you why I stopped. Mm -hmm. I feel like whatever you do in life, you need to go all in. Yeah. Like, you need to be all about it. Like yeah. you wake up, that's your purpose. That's what fulfills you. Go for it. But I feel like you have to understand the timing of where you are in your life and the sustainability of something. Mm. So I would not quit my job to run up a quick bag. Mm. You get what I'm saying? I got you. Because I have more long-term stability in yes, this. I got you. So yeah, I think we made 30,000 within like, working two days a week, 30,000 within the first 90 days in hookah. Working two parties a week. I mean. Um, on the side of work. On the side. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, two days. Yeah. I, in an easy, on average in a day, ah, I did a party. I play. Yeah. So, and on average in a day, I could easily make from 1200 to 2000 within one party. One party. At a $40, you know, a rate. $40 to $50 hookah. Just think, two hookahs right. is $100. I'm going pay, so, yeah. <laughs> pay you to give me the strategy. And I'm going to hire somebody <laughs> to, do it. Uh, to do that for me. Yeah. So, like, I'm all about, like, understanding, like, the margin of entry. Mm-hmm. I do that, too. Where, get I in where it. you fit in. Like, yes. there's so many, like, quotes. And if you just apply them, like, yeah. it's yeah. real. It's get real. in where you fit in. Yeah. And that moment may not be forever, but maximize what you can do in that moment. And I think it's all about, you know, um, realizing, and it's just the spiritual side of me, realizing what did God give you? Like, what what's in your hands? And how can you utilize what's in your hands? Find something, like you said, where you fit in. Go where you're wanted. Go where your hands are needed. Mm -hmm. And then that's where wealth will come. And provide. That's it. And multiply. That's it. Right. That's it. You do that, you're going to be wealthy. And and that's why I stopped hookah, though. Because where I'm needed is to help people get into tech. That's I'm not needed in a party every week. Like, right. that's not where my value is exponential. Wow. And the moment I started to realize, like, instead of, like, feeling like, Dang, like everybody doesn't think you're smart. Or, like nobody believes you actually do what you do. It's like, okay, well then assert that. Mm. Allow people to see this side of you. And by telling that story, thousands of people have started following me online now. And they're like intrigued to see like, okay, this person lives 
alive. She still has friends yeah. and she's out and she has fun and does her thing. But then at the same time, she handled her business. Absolutely. That's why I asked you. Yeah. That's literally why I asked you because I saw a balance on, and we're going to drop all of her social media and her information in today's show notes, you guys, so you all can go, please, let's give her another thousand of followers and subscribers because what you're doing is amazing. Like, And, and I'm not going to name drop, but you'll see when you go to her information, she's working with some of the top 10 companies in the world. Like, she's respected, but then when you see her, she's still 28. You know what I'm saying? She's still going to have fun. She's still going to go to Mexico and let you know, like, hey, don't get it twisted. Okay? Okay, don't get it twisted. Right. Rather stay out the DM. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you you may run into another brother. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and he's a brother, brother. You know? So just stay out the DM. But she's going to let you know, this is why I got him. Okay? Um, but then at the same time, you're going to see, you know, the corporate, the tech, uh, the information side of things. Um, and I was like, yo, I got to have you on the show because... I don't know what it is. It's just that I felt my overall message is I want to help people get out of debt. Right. Right. I want to help people have financial freedom. And while I was going through this journey of getting out of debt, God reminded me and said, hey, the only way you was able to get out of debt is if your income was if you was generating income. more income mm -hmm. to pay off your debt. And so I was like, OK. So I. I've now I'm teaching getting out of debt, maybe about 40% of my content. And then I would say 40% of my content is about building wealth, generating more income, which is why I'm very big on tech and very big on personal brand content creation space. And then 20% is about therapy, mental space, spiritual space. So that way we have a well balance. Um, and when I saw you and, and what you're doing, I was like, yo, young. Because I think a lot of people feel as if they can't do it. Yeah. And and so, like you said, balance and spirituality, that's huge for me. Huge. See. Like, when I'm working, so at the point of my hookah business, I'm working 40 hours a week, then I'm busting another 20. So I'm working 60, 65-hour weeks. There would be nights I would be, like, driving home, like, tears in my eyes, like, just, like, you can do it. Like, this is your business. You can't quit. Like, it mm. doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter, like, what problems you had today. Like, you started this. You need to see it through, you know? And I realized that's not healthy, though. Like, yeah. that point where I'm just exhausting myself to that. Like, you know, like, now I'm, like, ever since I, like, came to understanding like God's purpose for me in my life, where he's taking me, how he wants me to serve and help others and utilize what he has blessed me with to pour back into other people. Yeah. I've worked less and it's tenfold because it's not work. Wow. It's not work. It's not laborious. It's just like I meet you and I encounter you and I share my knowledge with you. That's, That's not work. That's not. And That's I being a good person. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. This was another great show. This was just phenomenal. And I appreciate you for coming on here and sharing your story, sharing your journey with us. Thank you. Um, you I'm praying and I just believe that God is going to exceed your your desires. You know, and I, I, I'm just extremely grateful that you're sharing your message while still being the authentic you. And so I very big for me. That, Thank you. Know? you. Uh, we're gonna drop Kayla's information in today's show notes, you guys. Um, and I'm gonna try to check it out. Uh, go support her. Go learn from her. And I promise you, you'll be, um, you'll thank me later. All right. It was your boy Ao. See you on the next show. Peace out.